0: We humans have a fascination with our very nature. We also have a fascination with modern technology and innovation. A relatively recent phenomenon is how we've combined the two in some of our most beloved fictional stories. We see this fascination play out in the popular TV show franchise Star Trek with the ship's computer and with the character Lieutenant Commander Data. We also see this type of intelligence in the Star Wars universe in the form of highly complex droids like C-3PO, R2-D2, and BB-8, all of which, or whom, we've come to love so much. If you've ever seen the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey, then you're familiar with the onboard computer named HAL. In the movie, the HAL 9000 is an onboard artificial intelligence technology designed to mimic and replicate human nature. It also happens to kill some of Dave Bowman's crewmates and nearly finishes off Bowman himself. Now, in the real world, Elon Musk's creation called OpenAI has evolved. A story that broke 19 hours ago shows us that for the first time ever, a multinodal neuron, neurons of course existing previously only in living brains, was discovered in the AI technology. In other words, AI might have just woken up. Welcome to Reason to Panic, the only podcast for the worried mind. We give you a new reason to panic each week so that you are never without a reason to panic I am joined today by two very real intelligences in Tyler Mason and Randall Floyd these guys you know them you love them Randall how you doing this morning
1: I am awake and alive <laughs>
0: are, are you artificial though
1: uh no not yet <laughs> you hope not <laughs>
0: tyler 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 what are the chances that we are living in a simulation what do you think
2: uh i'd say they're probably pretty good yeah okay i think the i think the i think the computers knocked what we knocked out the sky the computers are using us as batteries <laughs> that's right but you know oh man no i'm i'm feeling pretty pretty uh organic this morning so yeah yeah you, you
0: you guys seem very organic and natural to me um so you know but but you know i as far as i know i'm i'm organic as well uh, unless i've been programmed to believe that i am uh but uh, i guess that's uh neither here nor there um all right so there's this article in the independent uh in in from the uk um a lot of people love that 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 uh news outlet or that media outlet um they broke this story 19 hours ago, maybe 20 hours ago at this point, that researchers have discovered neurons within an AI system um, that have really only ever been previously seen in the human brain. So th- this 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 technology called OpenAI, um, again, it was a startup that Elon Musk did. It uncovered what's, uh, what's called by neuroscientists as a multinodal neuron.
1: The first thing that really concerned me about all of this is that we're talking about an, an artificial intelligence which was created by OpenAI and now after they've created it they're going in and they're discovering stuff <laughs> that they didn't know existed before
2: like i don't even understand how that works <laughs> well it's like the movie i robot with will smith did you, did you see that one
1: i saw clips and i read the the, uh, the the script for it actually
2: so there's a there's a portion a a, a scene in it where it's right after he thinks that they've got the robot as a bad guy, which he for personal biases just looks at all robots as being bad. And it's, if you haven't seen the movie, it's, it's definitely worth watching. But anyway, so he's, he's standing there with this uh, scientist, the lead developer for human interface, looking at all of these basically shelled robots. And um, he's having this monologue with her where he finds out that the robots are building robots and he was like well that's just stupid yeah because you take the human element out of it and you have no control over the outcome and then you can't be mad when you don't like the outcome that you get because what does a computer know right right
0: um yeah the the uh it, it's it's amazing so like basically with this what this realization means this this idea that there are neurons now that exist in in ai what it feels like the beginning of something very orwellian it, it, it now granted we've built ai i mean the whole purpose of ai i mean it's doing what we have wanted it to do it's doing the thing that we've designed it to do but did we anticipate that it would that it would create what 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 can what is observed as a neuron? Is that something that we even
2: anticipate? Well, if you look at at popular culture, right? Like I've got all these movie references that are completely ready to go based on today's subject matter. Um, I'm just going to go through the list of movies that I I popped together just a few minutes before the episode started because I was like, oh, this be interesting. We've got Eagle Eye, Terminator, a whole series of those, plus spinoff shows, War Games, Captain America: Winter Soldier. I robot that I just mentioned mentioned you know the list goes on and on and on it's like at what point have we not figured out that you start teaching a computer to learn stuff and then you let it do that and it will ultimately create a personality for good or for ill so for it to create neurons I don't think is that far-fetched when that's what it's programmed to do is simulate intelligence
0: so so it, so in effect it it is it is doing, uh, at least in part, what we've designed it to do. Randall, what were you going to say?
1: Well, I was just wondering, at what point do you cross the line between simulating intelligence and actually acting intelligent? Because I know some people that simulate intelligence all the time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they haven't crossed that line yet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes when I when I try talking about things I don't know about, it definitely feels like artificial intelligence coming from me.
1: I feel like that's me <laughs> on every episode. <laughs>
2: Oh man, that's what makes these episodes so great though is we pretend we know what we're talking about
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's a I was looking at what multinodal neurons actually do, and they're like they're they they are able to respond to certain things that have something in common so they found a a neural or multimodal neuron they call the Halle Berry the Halle Berry neuron, and what it does <laughs> is it responds to photograph sketches and the text Halle Berry, but nothing else so um it's just interesting oh. that, that they can uh that they fix on one thing but they fix on all aspects of that thing or person or whatever it is and and that's mm. what they found in our brain is the same thing like we have these multinodal neurons so that we can distinguish between fa- family members like we have one in our brain for each of our family members and everybody that we know and so it's that's that's kind of how it works and so they discovered that that this uh system that they created this AI can do the exact same thing
2: on oh.
0: Created on its own,
1: yeah, that and that was funny because they discovered and they're like, "Hey, look at what we found!" But they made it in the first place, and so I don't know. It's just kind of odd, but that that it's there.
0: Yeah, it is odd, uh, and and I don't want to make it sound like that like computers have brains like we do. They, they obviously don't. But what's happening is we're getting we're getting good enough. Um, and I'm familiar with the OpenAI platform just from just from a business standpoint using using things like, uh, like content generators and whatnot that, that use the open AI technology, it, even though it's not um, it's not a brain like ours, it can certainly, it's, it, it gets better. It's designed to get better and better with, with the inputs that are put into it. And what, going back to the monologue, you think about characters like Lieutenant Commander Data. I mean, he, this guy is one of the most beloved characters in like all of sci-fi, right? Everyone, can you name someone who hates Data? I mean, everyone loves Data. Same with C-3PO. I mean, he might be annoying, but people, but he's, he's one of the beloved characters in Star Trek. BB-8 for sure. And they're designed to tug on our heartstrings. They're designed to be as human as possible because that we, are, we are fascinated by our own natures and so much so that we're willing to project it onto things that aren't human. I mean we do this all the time. We do it in religion, we do it in we do it with symbols, we do it with nature. We do it all the time. So it just so happens that we have we've, we've gotten so good at it that now our projections are beginning to um change in 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 ways that we haven't anticipated because of modern technology. It's just fascinating to me.
2: Well, in the article you sent because that's a 2 two-edged, two-edged sword, in the article you sent uh, wait, not that one. Oh, shoot, where'd it go? Randall, we were just talking about it. The uh, the aspect that oh, no, this is the right article. Sorry, there it is. I'm going to quote here They're composed of artificial neurons or nodes that take inspiration from the architecture or of biological uh neural systems in order to process data, right? So, that's what these things do. The drawback of such powerful technology is that it can be difficult to know why it makes certain decisions or how it comes to particular conclusions this can lead to unwanted outcomes such as forming sexist or racist associations with certain categories due to the vast data sets they used to train with um, so you know we talk about how it is that um, these these neurons are are fascinating in nature and, and what they do but what happens when these neurons start to become biased is that the fault of the creator or is the computer responsible and and randall actually this is a question for you can a can a computer be held legally responsible for the outcome of a of a bias or a, a prejudice
1: so it depends on what you're talking about but if we're talking about a crime or uh, something to that effect, Like there has to be something called mens rea, which means you have to have some kind of um, intent to do something. And up until this point, we've never had anything that, that has had the intent to do anything as far as computers go. Like if somebody was not driving a Tesla and that Tesla went over the speed limit and got pulled over, theoretically the owner of that Tesla would get the ticket, not the, not the Tesla. And so right now with the current structure we have, no, it would be whoever owns that robot who would be in trouble for whatever that robot does. It'd be similar to you getting in trouble for your kid doing something. At this point, because that's how the law is created. It hasn't adapted because this is such a new emerging thing.
0: So I can't, I can't sue my vacuum for not like
2: doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> hey because robot,
0: lately lately i would i would press charges giving its giving it recent perform given its recent performance yeah absolutely
1: no you'd have to sue sue hoover for uh uh some kind of manufacturing defect is is <laughs> what you have to do that. <laughs>
0: that makes sense all right um so so let's let's kind of look into the future here um what i mean what applications are we seeing ai used in right so we're seeing it in um Like I said, in content creation, we're seeing it in um, in manufacturing, We're seeing it in any kind of situation where um, a human brain could conceivably be used. So what are some now, I'm kind of putting you guys on the spot here. What do you think some future applications are of AI and And given those future applications, how how might AI change? And affect our lives thereafter in other words how can things go sour well
2: for me like i will not trust a self-driving car i just won't. i've had this conversation with with lots of my of my gearhead buddies i wouldn't do it but if apple could turn siri into jarvis from iron man I would totally update my software for that. So, <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. You know, I, I I think that it just depends ultimately on a case by case basis for me. Um, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll further illustrate my point. So, the reason that I I wouldn't trust a self driving car is because the the human brain is incredibly complex, right? And our ability to reason and to uh, decipher data very quickly but the thing that our brain can't do is make um what would the right word be uh, uh co- like conscientious decisions we we, we can't have we, we can't make compassionate or or irrational decisions based on other factors right so if i'm driving my car and all of a sudden i have the choice between hitting a, a mom and her baby who stepped out into the crosswalk and swerving and hitting a pole, potentially injuring me, I know which choice I'm going to make. But can I trust my car to do the same thing, right? It can't make those snap decisions. Whereas for me to be able to have a conversation with my phone, that's like, hey, I need you to schedule this and this for me. And then I need you to make this phone call for me. And then book like, and, and trust my phone to do it specific commands, but it can interact with me at the same time but I'm still the one in charge of it. I can I can get behind an artificial intelligence they can do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And a lot of people don't realize it, but it, you know, if you have a Google Home or an Alexa, um these are these are artificial intelligence technologies. Um they're just on a very basic level now. Um so what's happening is is really without us kind of realizing it, we we really are being very we've been conditioned to um, have a comfort level already with artificial intelligence. Now imagine, um, imagine you know during the during the Cold War at the height of it, where where everyone was a little bit uh, leery about um, espionage and and even even just normal people, um, you know, especially during you know during the fifties, even where it was, are you a spy? Are you a spy? Are you a spy? So um, and in the in into the sixties, so imagine that kind of technology coming out then with that kind of skepticism. It probably wouldn't have been well-received. Um, now we're, we're very trusting. Um, a lot of people are very willing, Tyler, maybe maybe unlike you in some regard um, and, and, and probably unlike me, um, they're very willing to trust technology. Um, some people can't wait to get in a self-driving car. I'm, I'm kind of one of them. I do wanna experience that. I'm super nervous though. Um, But we're being conditioned to accept AI into our lives, and most of us are okay with it. Um, In other words, we're the frog in a hot pot of water that's potentially going to boil. The question is, I mean, this is reason to panic, right? The question is, will that water boil, and will we end up upside down in that water?
1: Well, Tyler, I was wondering, because you didn't say, what would you hit? (laughs) <laughs> would you hit the mom and baby Or would you hit the <laughs> Would you hit the bull
2: <laughs> I, I was waiting to see if somebody picked up On the, the you know Ambiguity Of uh... No I mean Of of of, of, of course I'm, in a, I'm going to Yeah you better clarify
0: for legal reasons I'm mean, the lawyers making sure you're covering your tail
2: Tyler Oh <laughs> uh... So
1: then, when I depose you later, I could say, "Well, actually,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know—is the podcast admissible in in court? Probably, it is.
1: And dang it, it's only a joke."
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that sounds like a that sounds like a great episode uh, idea.
1: (laughs) But I was just thinking, I my biggest issue with AI is somebody at some point had to create those rules, and so when you bring up the car situation, somebody had to say. Well, if this happens, then right. this happens. And so the problem is, like, I, I have a, an inherent distrust of the person creating those rules that these AIs are, are, are forcing us, would be forcing us to live by, even in, in, in whatever circumstance right. that Good is. Point. Like, there's there's something in there. And so, like, if I had some say in the inputs, then maybe I would trust an AI-driven car a lot more. But if not, then I'm really worried that it would make a choice to kill me or whoever's in my vehicle, because it did a simple math equation, I decided, oh, you know, one life is worth this much, two lives are worth this much. And there's, you know, there's just so many factors. Right. And that's really my biggest scare.
2: Well, that sounds a lot like what I do. I I sell life and health insurance. And my underwriters, that's basically the choices they make. Their actuarial calculations is, well, this life is worth this much. And so that's, so what you're telling me is my underwriters are, are, are they're, they're Skynet somewhere. Is that exactly is that what we're getting at here? <laughs> you good know, enough. I, it's interesting that you bring that up, Randall.
0: I, we, we watched um Star Trek Generations, one, one of the Star Trek movies um with the, the next generation crew, That's which has Lieutenant Commander Data. It's a great movie. That it it might one. be my favorite of the Star Trek movies, actually.
2: Well, it's got William Shatner and yes. Uh, and, uh, patrick
0: stewart it does i mean it's got it's it's got kirk and picard and if you're a star trek fan that's like that's like the coming together of the two of the two worlds right so um uh yeah really great movie but 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 data installs his emotion chip in that movie and it it essentially infuses with his neural net and thereafter he has an he has the emotion chip um and so I had this interesting conversation with my kids about this. They're like, well, dad, they, they say that data is sentient, that he's, he's considered a, uh, basically, uh, for all intents and purposes, a legal entity, his own person, a, a, someone who is respected as an individual and has individual rights and freedoms. I said, yes, he's also a computer. <laughs> and so we had this really in-depth a conversation where i really had to find myself challenging them because they kind of they kind of got it but we were talking about how even though data um says that he has a self-awareness and that the emotion chip makes it seem for all the world like he is just as human as you or i is he really or is he still zeros and ones and if he's still zeros and ones are we you know or in the star trek world are we fooling ourselves by by labeling something like data as being alive and sentient which actually brings us to lots of other appendages of this conversation you know what makes sentience what makes us real is data with an emotion chip any less real right so like we're kind of cons we're kind of um bound by our definitions so with when it comes to artificial intelligence even though it mimics human nature and can create things like these neurons and who knows what else in the future does it really mean they're alive or does it mean they're just incredibly complex computers
2: that aren't actually alive well i'm going to go back to my reference from irobot for for this one because like i said I, I was i was prepared with all sorts of, of references and so i was i was thinking through um movies where we have artificial intelligence or books but but movies are the ones that most quickly come to my mind where we have artificial intelligence that is either the antagonist or the protagonist of the story and in irobot we have both uh, so for those that haven't seen it, i've already made one reference so you've got uh vicky who is like the centralized brain that sends the downloads out to all these robots around the world every day with, you know, software updates and, uh, you know, whatever. And Vicky extends beyond her protocol to try and and protect humanity to a fault. And there's one robot that was created by the guy that created Vicky that doesn't have this uplink and both are considered sentient beings until vicky goes bad and then vicky is no longer considered sentient vicky is now considered a computer whereas the the Ah. uh, protagonist robot is is allowed to remain and continue as he was at the conclusion of the movie sorry spoiler alert um but it's very very old so you know if you haven't seen it then shame on you Uh, (laughs) but I, i i think that that's almost if I had to speculate, I think that's where people would start to draw that line. Is, is, is this interacting and, and behaving in a socially responsible, ethical manner, or is it not? Because if, if it's not, then we've got the Terminators, and, and you easily turn their, their clocks back without a second thought. But if you have a data, on the other, other hand, it's compassionate, it's, it's, it's learning in a positive way. It's, it's much easier to look at that and be like, oh, well, that's a sentient being because it's, it's quote-unquote good. Interesting, so, but, so if,
0: it, if the technology exhibits the best, what we would call the best of humanity, we're more likely probably to call it sentient and to see it that way, but when it goes bad and the programming and the zeros and the ones go in a way we don't want them to, We dehumanize the technology. So in other words, we're kind of picking and choosing which AI is considered, you know,
2: sentient versus which AI is considered just a bad computer. Well, yeah, I mean, let's give another another pop culture example. Uh, WandaVision right now is one of the most popular shows on any sort of network, right? And it's about vision, who was an artifact he was jarvis is an artificial intelligence in a in a a physical body of sorts but if you look at avengers age of ultron you've got ultron who also artificial intelligence but we're not going to call it sentient because it's out for the destruction of humanity whereas vision is a defender of humanity I, i i think that pop culture as much as anything is probably going to shape that argument as to what could we consider to be sentient or or you know whatever if we ever get to that point versus nope that's just a toaster oven and it burned my toast a so gl- a know, glorified toaster
0: oven um <laughs> that's that's what data is i suppose right a glorified to- i'm not going to say that. all the star trek fans will will eat me uh eat me alive um yeah be careful yeah so uh, I, I, it's like how do you test sentience then uh, here's the thing we as humans We're creations of humans, right? It's just done. It's done biologically. It's not done with technology. Although one could say, in a very uh, expanded definition of technology, that we are created by you know biological technology, I suppose. But um, really, we have a better understanding of the like the bits and pieces and the moving parts of AI because we've created it. What we, I feel like, we better understand AI and why it might be sentient. Than we do ourselves, because we're not really creating in a conscious way human beings. You know, we're creating it in, in, in a biological way that is just natural to us. So we actually aren't really privy to every piece of information that goes into creating a human being. But we are, when it comes to AI. So if we're trying to test sentience with our standards, are we hypocritical? I mean, are we basically already biased on these sentience tests? Well, and I, I'm kind of should... getting out in outer space over here, but but I think it's fascinating that we just assume
2: that our level of sentience is the standard. Well, I, I think we should wait for the lag to catch up so that we can let Randall actually chime in on that one, because that gets to be a really interesting legal question.
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) when the lawyer laughs before he speaks,
1: it's going to be good. You know, it. I'm not going to say it's going to be good, but (laughs) when you, when you take a look at a legal problem, you go back at what the word means. And so in order to define sentience, like you have to come up with a common definition. If you can't come up with a common definition, you drop the case because both sides are going to argue something and the jury or judge is going to decide what that actually means based on either something arbitrary, like a scientific journal or established case law. In this case, neither of those exist. So when we're talking about where humans can and can't draw the line like it's impossible for us to because we can't map our bodies to the extent that we can map stuff that we've created. Exactly. So, so it, it's a difficult question. And and I don't know if asking whether or not sentience is real in these robots is the the mo- most important question or if there's another one that that we haven't thought of. Like that that's about as deep as I can go on this mm-hmm. stuff because I honestly don't have an answer. Right. <laughs> All I know is that I want to trust something that we created, but I have difficulties trusting the creators. And so that's that's where my reason to panic comes in is because I'm seeing tech companies take on um, their own modalities, their own directions and doing stuff contrary to what governments are doing. And then these tech companies are the same ones creating the, these other things. And so my, my, my reason to panic is more about the rules that are getting created and enforced by AI uh, mm. than, than the actual AI itself.
0: There's always going to be a motivator, whether it's um, money or, uh, or, or whether it's power or whether it's um, curiosity or whether it truly is the love of innovation and the help of humanity. There's, uh, there, there's a whole spectrum of intentions, right? That, that go behind science um and and innovation in particular so i think it's safe to assume and, and and randall you kind of made a great uh segue there to to rating this thing on the scale um and and we'll start with you randall here in a second um but you make a good point intentions matter and if and if ai really is a bunch of zeros and ones then it's it really does come back to who created the apparatus that generates the zeros and the ones and in what direction those those that binary code goes? We, you know, it's it's interesting. We we can build so much of ourselves into the bias of AI, um, and what I mean by that is we can really decide where the AI goes based on what we want it to do. So I think that you're absolutely right, and so let's make that the context. So here's the here's the scale question for you guys. Um, on the panic scale from 1 to 10 or 0 to 10 i suppose what how, how much of a reason to panic is artificial intelligence gaining sentience in our in our in our society
1: well the first thing i want to do is i want to go back to that article because at the very bottom it said that open ai was tra- trained on a curated subset of the internet they they made these subsets of interest for these, uh, multinodal neurons. And they found that, um, for example, uh, there was a middle East neuron that responded to associations with terrorism. And there was a Latin American neuron that responded to immigration. And they also found, and this is where they were super concerned. They found that one neuron fired for dark skinned people and gorillas. And so what happened is they created rules for they created rules for these, um, these multinodal neurons. And then the rules took on a life of themselves. And so maybe that kind of gets rid of the question that I, I had originally in that I'm worried about the people making the rules, but it looks like these multinodal neurons didn't even like the rules had unintended consequences <laughs> or they, they did something that they didn't expect. And so um, I'm, <clears throat> If if we get to the point where there's lots and lots of AI out there doing lots and lots of things, and it it I'm I have a feeling it's not going to be an AI in the form of a robot, like on the street walking next to us, sure, but it, it's going to be an AI in the form of a computer in some, um, building somewhere doing the calculations, yeah, and and making these references. Like, my concern is that <laughs> they, that they do happen to take on a life of their own and create wholly unintended consequences from even the best of intentions at the beginning. So my, my, my guess is that there's going to be a huge learning curve and a big growing pains with with regard to these guys. And so I'm probably going to give this one a seven or an eight just at the beginning, because I don't, (laughs) I don't know when they start implementing how many mistakes these AIs are going to start creating based on unintended, unintended consequences. So (laughs) at least initially, I'm going to give it a high rating.
0: Very good. That's good, Randall. It, it, it makes me think of uh, something Tyler referenced earlier. It makes me think of war games. I mean, at what point do we give AI control of our defense capabilities? And if that happens and, and um, unintended, unintended consequences occur or an, un, or an unintended um, um, analysis of certain data that we didn't anticipate, it could lead to what we see in the movie War Games with Matthew Broderick, where it's almost a global, global thermonuclear war. It's hard to say that fast, um, Tyler. Let's let's go to you. And tell me about tell me about the where you put this on the uh, on the panic scale.
2: I I think I'd have to score it high, as well. And for a lot of the reasons that we've already touched on or at least alluded to, uh, you know, you start you start looking at technology as infallible. If you're not careful right um because like let's take let's take basic technology the the pocket calculator right everybody now has their smartphones so that's almost even that's almost a a thing of the past but you know the calculators that we grew up with and the most intelligent thing a calculator could do is if you put um a uh period one one three four flip it over it would say hello right like that was the extent of the intelligence of those but they were infallible as long as you put in the data right you got the right result back out yeah and we're 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 now trusting technology to make certain decisions for us they're they're curating information they are um guessing at our schedules they're you know my my phone the the first time that it You know, notified me and says it's going to take you an hour and forty five minutes to get home. I hadn't programmed a home address in yet, but my GPS fence kept pinging where I spent most of my time, and so I was like, "That must be home, right?" This is what it is that we're we're asking technology to start doing on its own, and and that that worries me not so much because I I truly visualized a Terminator style. Uh, or a matrix style you know revolution where the computers rise up and they overthrow humanity. But because it is so easy to look at technology as this infallible force, at what point will we see uh, you know our defense networks turned over to some form of artificial intelligence? or will we see our law enforcement? or going back to the point that I you know I, I started to make and, and we didn't get a chance to, if we've got AI that's everywhere, with a big cybernetic brain somewhere that's collecting all of this data what happens is i'm walking down the street and the microphones from the the cameras in the restaurant and then the camera at the store and you know they're picking up snippets of my conversation and trying to stitch that all together and now i've got this computer that's created this this social profile of me based on things i've said or, or done when we know humans can evolve over time, I may something, say something stupid tomorrow and then change my view on it the day after that. But can a, can a computer really you know, quantify that, the, the evolution of a single individual, right? And so this is where it is I start to get really nervous with it just because I, 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 don't, I don't think computers have the ability to be able to, to keep pace with humanity, if that makes sense. And that might've sounded really rambly. And if it does, that's just kind of par for my course for our listeners, I guess. But, um, you know, so I'm gonna score this one probably a a seven or a seven and a half. If we were to really see artificial intelligence go mainstream and be everywhere and plugged into everything, I, I, I don't like where that outlook could potentially lead. Yeah, fair enough. Good analysis.
0: Um, for for me um, for me it's it's sort of in that area as well. Generally, I think it's a it's above five. Um, I'll give it a, I'll give it a final rating here in a second. Uh, my concern kind of goes back to what we were talking about regarding the intentions of the creators. I am someone who, no, no matter what party is in power, I, I, I I'm a little skeptical of the state and the surveillance state is something that I I don't like. I don't like the idea of of um privacy being violated. I don't like things like FISA courts, things like that. Um and I think that when the government has some some control of a good chunk of the AI, uh which which you know most governments today they with a you know with a a, a stroke of a pen they can sort of um centralize or or take over or seize the means of AI production or seize the AI technology and say it's a defense purpose um and that that worries me uh so again in the hands of the wrong in the hands of villains i can see ai being an issue um in the hands of a, of a market that where there is a reward for bringing value i see ai as something that can really make life fun and interesting and i suppose they did make Day to day life easier. Now, I think it's a completely separate discussion on whether or not making day to day life easier is good for us or not. I don't necessarily think it is, um, but I think I also think in some ways it's okay to make day to day life easier. Um, but as far but but the AI gaining sentience and sort of uh, <laughs> taking over, I think generally speaking, as 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 a civilization, we're going to be able to put the kibosh on some of this stuff before it ever gets to something like a Terminator situation. So I really don't fear robots roaming the streets with machine guns and you know liquid metal arms that can turn into swords. I don't fear that as much as I fear just an invasion of privacy. I'm gonna give it a six. It doesn't really affect my day-to-day life right now. And I suppose someone could um, you know go into the sticks and sort of unplug and live off grid. I, I, I think it's possible to really mitigate some of that stuff if you're really, really worried. I'm not there yet um but but i do worry about a surveillance state and in that in that sense with the intentions of the creators if they're malicious it does give me a reason to panic so i'm going with the 6 on that one gentlemen thanks so much for for humoring me today uh, the listeners don't know that we we, we pivoted. We changed topics to this story um, less than an hour before recording the podcast. So we really were just kind of winging it here. So thanks for bearing with us. I hope it was an interesting discussion for you. Um, join us next week on Reason to Panic because we'll, you know we're the only podcast for the worried mind. We're going to give you another reason to panic and we're going to do it each week because the last thing we want is you running out of reasons to panic. See you next week. Right away